this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. You ready? Indeed I am. Let's do it. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. You're sorry. Check my shorts for Christ's sake. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Brett. Yes. Any updates on your clip? No, no, not yet. Still searching? Not very hard, but... um, Oh, so uh, we found out that our promo code on Teespring is not working. That it is. Breaking news. And, uh, well, promo code horror is not working. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be fixed by the time this goes up, mm-hmm. if I can figure out how. So I reached out to Teespring on Twitter's, and uh, they're very slow to get back to me <laughs> <laughs> to take their sweet time. I don't think they got a lot of stuff to do because they don't have a lot of tweets and replies out there. But uh, they looked into it, and they said that our stickers in Europe are too cheap to give a 10% discount. And so apparently that nullifies the discount on everything. Uh, So I got to figure out how to raise the price of our stickers in Europe so that we can get a 10% (laughs) discount on everything. Stickers were such a hot item. That's the rumor. I don't know when I when I enter the prices, it lets you do the U.S. dollars, and then it says either do it as euros or as British pounds. And most of our European listeners are in the U.K., so I do British pounds, and those give us enough leeway to give a ten percent discount. So I don't know what the fuck if it's the euros. Uh, conversion or something is screwing it up or what? No, we're preparing for Brexit, so but uh, figured we'd go with British pounds, right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, I, I make sure everything's easier for Steve, <laughs> <laughs> and he's ordering. Who, who, despite not being able to get a discount, still ordered a turning into a real Mark T-shirt. So we really appreciate that. That he did. Uh, I'm sure he paid with pounds sterling as well. I don't know who that is. Pounds sterling. What's that? That's their money. There's pounds sterling. Sterling silver. Oh, I see. Yeah. I don't see, but I'm going to say <laughs> I do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Now I have to figure out how I can adjust the prices on, on Teespring because it's... Once they're up there, I don't know if I have to fucking redo them, like the whole listing again, uh, or or what. So I got a question out to them on how to do that. Uh, that was several hours ago, so I might get a response tomorrow. Yeah, so problem may be fixed by the time you listen to this, so 
best course of action for you, the listener, is probably just to follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or Brett at positively wolf one. Yeah, I probably have the more uh, more of the news on the the mm-hmm. merch than uh, than uh, the yep. the show account. So if you're interested in merchandise, I'm probably the one to follow with that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's ten percent. You know, and uh, I appreciate anybody who wants to to save the ten percent. But uh, all in all, you know that money goes to the show to try to improve our our quality and our equipment mm-hmm. and things like that. So, um, if, if you want to wait to get the uh, the promo codes working, uh, that's cool. But uh, you know, I'm mad at you if you go and throw in that extra dollar or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, on whatever you buy. Yeah, and that promo code, once it's working, should work through October, correct? I have it set up through the end of October. October 31st is when it expires. Okay. Uh, so, and it's active now, so apparently I just need to make sure that we're getting at least 10% profit on every item so that we can give that discount to our mm-hmm. our listeners. So that we get no profit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a little bit. It'll just be less. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, you know, stickers, if you want to buy stickers, you can buy a bunch of turning (laughs) into a real Mark stickers. And then just, if somebody's turning into a real Mark, just stick it on their forehead or something. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way to go. Stick it on the bumper of their car. It's almost too bad because the die cut stickers look really fucking cool, but they're only available in the U.S. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, our movie drone uh, compatriots or whatever you want to call them. (laughs) comrades oh wait no <laughs> not comrades well it's too bad that they can't they can't get that in over in europe because uh they look pretty sweet mm-hmm. yes we are officially starting our horror extravaganza we're going to be doing an episode on motel hell after this yeah and then uh next week we are also going to be dropping an episode in which we talk about it chapter two with spoilers mm-hmm. after our main review section sand spoilers yeah so maybe we'll record that on monday hopefully and try and get it out maybe by monday or tuesday that should work i already got my ticket so i'm good yep i just need my pto approved because i'm going <laughs> on friday afternoon yeah i'll just approve my own pto <laughs> You're your own boss. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> Nobody tells me what to do. That's right. Nobody puts Brett in a corner. Although I do sit in the corner. All right. So this will just be a recently seen episode. So let's get right down to it. Well, you got to go first. I do. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? I saw a new release, a bit of an indie film called The Peanut Butter Falcon. I saw that one too. You did? Uh, Yeah. I'll let you talk about the details before we get into it. All right. Uh, Directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. Also written by them as well. Starring Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, Zach Gotsigan, John Hawks, 
Thomas Hayden Church, Bruce Dern, John Bernthal, Yellow Wolf, Jake Roberts, and Mick Foley. That's right. Jake so, the Snake Roberts. It's a wrestling movie. Kind of. <laughs> uh, synopsis. It really isn't that much of a wrestling movie. Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true. So Zach, played by Zach Gotsigan, is a person with Down syndrome. Not just in the movie, but in real life. Not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Is it Gotsigan? I don't know if I've ever heard it said out loud. Gotsigan? As he says in the movie, I need to tell you something about myself. I am a Down syndrome person. Yep. And Shia LaBeouf is like, I know. Yep, and he, pretty much every day, he watches this uh, wrestling video with (laughs) Saltwater Redneck, (laughs) played by Thomas Hayden Church. It looks like it's from the 80s. (laughs) Maybe the 90s, but it looks more like 80s stuff. It's a VHS tape. It's about a a wrestling school. Yeah, it's just an advertisement for his his school. And then he's got some other, like, just miscellaneous tapes of matches that he watches. I don't know if the... The ad is on one of the tapes with mm-hmm. the, the other matches. But, uh, yeah. And then his roommate's Bruce Dern, and he's like, God, you're watching this again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's been trying to escape for a while, and Bruce Dern finally helps him with that, helps him escape during the night. Mm-hmm. And so he's off on his own in his underwear. Yep. Where he runs into Shia LaBeouf, who is crab fisherman who... He's also on the run. He's uh, yeah, also on the run, on the lamb, as they say. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of form a bond, and Shia LaBeouf agrees to help him get to the wrestling school, which is at the southern part of the state. This is in North Carolina. Yeah. They're going the same way. Otherwise, he would have just left them be, but he's like, fine, you know, we'll, we'll let you take along. Uh, Dakota Johnson plays his main caregiver, I guess, as you would describe Yeah, she's her. like a caseworker or something. Mm-hmm. At the, uh, they put him in a nursing home because that's the only facility in the area that uh, can manage a person with Down syndrome, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit compared to a Mark Twain story. Yeah. Um, it kind of is uh, very similar to Huckleberry Finn, maybe with updated language. <laughs> Although the R word is thrown around quite a bit by certain people. Yeah. The R bomb, and most of those people get uh, they get dealt with. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always the antagonistic characters using it. Yeah. Although Shia LaBeouf uses it one time to scold um, Dakota Johnson's character mm-hmm. for the way she's treating Zach. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a great performance is in here. Shia LaBeouf, pretty much every movie I watch him in now, he's fantastic. I don't watch everything he does, but he takes he takes on a lot of challenging roles, mm-hmm. mostly indie films. Uh, his personal life, uh, he's been a train wreck over the past few years, and can't say I approve of that, but I do like what he's been doing in film, and he did an interview where he said this movie kind of changed him, so mm-hmm. we'll see if that sticks, but yeah, we shall see. Yeah, he was great in here. Uh, Dakota Johnson's good. I don't really, you know, I never saw the Fifty Shades movies, so... I've barely seen her in anything. Yeah, I don't know what else I've seen her in because I haven't seen any of those ones either. 
Uh, Zach Gotzigan was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought impressive was, for him. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's impossible not to like him. Yeah, like he's he's super likable. Um, Article talked about that on the press junket type circuit. Yeah, because uh, this movie's at some festivals, and I don't know if it'd be a huge awards contender, but it could be up for some things. I think it should be. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's definitely worth it. I don't think they did a lot of, uh, they didn't market it as much as maybe they, you know, they should have. Because mm-hmm. I only found out about it because you sent me the link to the trailer. Mm-hmm. And that's, other than finding it on Twitter a few times here and there after that, I really didn't hear or see anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one problem I did have with it is the ending is a mess. It really seems like they didn't know how to end it. From what you told me, it sounds like uh, they changed the ending at the last minute, maybe no, after some test screenings. No, what I read was that they they wanted to change it, but the directors and screenwriters uh, insisted on keeping the ending that's in the movie, okay. that, that's in the release. Regardless, the last three minutes are... Very jarring. See, I didn't <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. I, I didn't have a problem with the ending. I actually thought the ending was pretty good. Yeah. I liked the ending. I do like the ending a lot. Like the climax of the story is all really good. Yeah. It's just almost like an epilogue type of situation that unfolds. Mm-hmm. And it's really disjointed. But um, overall, I would give this an eventually. Eventually. I assume you're going to give it a much higher score. I give it a soonish. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Soonish. So there you go. What have you watched recently, Brad? I know you're an A-lister. <laughs> so let's see some more new releases. Here's one that I had heard a lot about. Uh, and I'm glad it made it to the theater after that that fiasco with The Hunt being pulled from release it's uh called ready or not here i come i'm gonna find you <laughs> uh it's directed by matt bettinelli open and tyler gillette stars samara weaving adam brody uh, mark o'brien henry uh Cizerni, andy mcdowell melanie scrofano Christian Bruin, uh, Nikki Guadani. I think that's most of the main characters. Uh, synopsis is a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. And if you didn't know, that game is hide and seek. <laughs> if you couldn't tell that from the uh, advertising. Uh, this movie was a lot of fun. Um, there's a few, you know, scary elements to it, and there's a lot of comedic elements to it. It's very bloody, very gory. Um, it's uh, kind of a, I guess, a unique take on the uh, the final girl type thing. But uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about this going in, and I'm glad it kind of lives up to that that expectation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I liked it as much as some other people seem to like it, but it's definitely worth watching. Um, like I said, very bloody, very gory. 
there's um yeah a lot of creativity and and how they they unfolded the story mm-hmm. the kind of reason behind the the uh the game uh, tradition is uh explained in the movie but um Samara weaving marries into a family that kind of owns uh, like a gaming conglomerate. So it's mm-hmm. like a Parker Brothers or Hasbro or something similar to that that the family owns and runs. So they have game money. And the tradition is every time somebody marries into the family, we play a game. And it's like randomly selected. And hide and seek is the one you don't want. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I'll kind of leave it at that. It's de- like I said, it's definitely worth watching. It's a lot of fun. Uh, give ready or not, and eventually. All right. Eventually. Next up for me, I saw a film from 2016 called Dog Eat Dog. This is uh, directed by Paul Schrader, starring Nicolas Cage, Willem Dafoe, Christopher Matthew Cook. Omar J. Dorsey, Luisa Kraus, Melissa Bologna, Ronaldo Gallegos, Gallegos. Synopsis. A crew of ex-cons are hired by a Cleveland mafioso to kidnap the baby of a rival mobster. Holy shit. Why are you kidnapping babies? <laughs> uh, it's rival mobster. It's real mob <laughs> shit. I thought, I thought they had a code. You don't go after the family. It's a doggy dog world, Brett. And you're wearing milk bone <laughs> underpants. Is that how that goes? So, this is from directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote uh, such screenplays as Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, uh, American Gigolo, Last Temptation of Christ, Affliction, Bringing Out the Dead. Uh, he's gotten, I guess, more cred as a director lately because of his film last year first reformed with mm-hmm. ethan hawk it was on some top 10 lists it was the number one on a couple of them actually but uh looking at his filmography he's had some real highs and lows and i think this is one of the lows <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's done some straight to dvd stuff like with nicholas cage like this being one of them mm. i don't think this got a wide release See here, does it say? Yeah, it was a, just a limited release in the U.S. It has a it's a four point seven on IMDb, which is pretty fucking low. Yeah, Metascore is fifty three, and uh, like there's things I liked in it, but uh, overall it was not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I I always love Nicolas Cage. You know, even if it's like a bad performance, it's still a good performance type of thing with him. Mm. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know you're not a big fan with him. Uh, although, you know, we talked about it in a previous episode. It seems about like the last four movies you saw of his, you liked or really liked. Why, but... Wait a minute. Who <laughs> really liked? I don't know if I'd say that. Well, I think, I think Face you're... Off was the one you liked the least. I think and you you're... still liked it enough. I think you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> Did you really like uh, Leaving Las Vegas? Well, I don't know if I really like it. was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a great performance, but 
you know, I don't know if I'd... A great performance in a good movie. It sounds like you really liked it to me. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go and watch it again. <laughs> but uh, this movie's kind of nutso. Um, Willem Dafoe is actually, at least his character is more unhinged than Nicolas Cage in here. Uh, there's some funny moments. There's some very graphic violence, especially in the first five minutes. Yeah. Like it, uh, This movie does not take a long time to get into it. So if you're looking for a movie with no redeemable characters, mm-hmm. this is one for you. I know, it's just criminals being criminals, that type of a movie. Yeah. Everyone's just a piece of shit. And they're trying to kidnap a baby. So <laughs> got that too. Um, yeah, it was one that I probably won't revisit too often. It just uh, it didn't all come together. It was very uneven. Yeah. Like I said, there's stuff I liked, stuff I didn't. So, a last resort. It's a last resort. What else did you watch, Brett? You want to hear about another 2019 movie? Sure. Uh, this one's called Loose. L-U-C-E. Loose. Pizza Luce? <laughs> it's a local reference. I don't think so. Is it, though? They're not a... Are they even regional? Like... Beyond Minnesota? I don't know. I don't think I've ever been there. Okay. There's a few different uh, Pizza Luce locations around the Twin Cities. Okay. Uh, It's directed by Julius Ona. It stars Naomi Watts, Octavia Spencer, Tim Roth, Kelvin Harrison Jr., uh, Norbert Leo Butts, Andrea Bang... Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's enough for the main cast. Uh, synopsis. A married couple is forced to reckon with their idolized image of their son, adopted from war-torn Eritrea, after an alarming discovery by a devoted high school teacher threatens his status as an all-star student. Hmm. So, I don't know. A devoted teacher. Octavia Spencer's the teacher. And they established pretty early on that she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, Luce, who's you know going to be the valedictorian, he's well-liked, he's a track star, he's, he's pretty much perfect. He's like the perfect student. And they established pretty early on that he has some friction with this, uh, this teacher, played by Octavia Spencer. Uh, and so it, like, it starts off with the dynamic that, you know, the teacher's out to get him and Luce can do no wrong and he's the greatest ever. Mm -hmm. And then as the film goes on, they try to, uh, you know, kind of get you to think that maybe he's not as innocent as you think. And maybe, you know, she's not as bad as as she's made out to be. Um, and it kind of jumbles up your idea of who's really the, the, the good guy and the bad guy in the whole situation, or if maybe, you know, there aren't any good guys. So, you know, this one, it's, it's a straight up drama. Um, a little bit of a thriller aspect, I suppose, but you know, I wanted to like it. Mm hmm. It just, you know, it never really 
seemed to hit its stride with me as far as getting me kind of engaged in the story. Like it was never, you know, it never hit a peak uh, as far as what I uh, kind of uh, was hoping it to hit. Um, so it's it's a decent movie. Uh, if you're kind of into uh, that kind of subject matter or if you're just interested in, a, you know, a thriller or a, a drama like that, you know, maybe check it out. But uh, I don't think this is a must-watch. I'll give Loose a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a hit at Sundance. It even has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. All right. The last film I'm going to talk about is a horror film. It's beginning of the horror extravaganza. We got to talk about some horror films, right? Well, it's the second one of the episodes, so. <laughs> Ready or Not is oh, a horror not, movie yeah. with comedic elements. So I'm going back to the 80s well here from 1984, Night of the Comet, directed by Tom Eberhardt, starring Catherine Mary Stewart, Kelly Maroney, Robert Beltran, Sharon Farrell, Mary Warrenov, Jeffrey Lewis, Peter Fox, John Acorn, and Michael Bowen, Buck himself. He's ready to fuck. What's that from? From Kill Bill. I keep telling you, I haven't seen Kill Bill in about 15 years, so. Mm. <laughs> We've talked about Michael Bowen a, on a couple episodes over the past three months or so. The name sounds familiar. I just can't play some. I mean, he's in several of Tarantino's films. He's also in uh, Jackie Brown. He was the agent. That guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, partner of Michael I Keaton. I know who you're talking about now. Synopsis. A comet wipes out most of life on Earth, leaving two valley girls fighting against cannibal zombies and a sinister group of scientists. So there's this comet that it's going to be zooming by Earth and everyone's all pumped. You know, it's going to be a really close to Earth comet. You know, everyone's staying up late to mm-hmm. watch the comet. And uh, basically turns everyone into dust. <laughs> The people it doesn't turn into dust are sick and yeah. turn into zombies. But uh, the main character is uh, dating Michael Bowen. She works at a movie theater, actually. Mm. And they were fooling around in the uh, projection booth that was uh, uh, almost like encased in lead, basically. It was, like reinforced. <laughs> it's like nothing bad got into the room. Yeah. So they weren't affected by it. Similar situation with her sister. I think she was in a some sort of a shed or garage because she was running away from home, that type of thing. <laughs> so it's kind of a post-apocalyptic, empty L.A. landscape. Mm-hmm. This has garnered quite a bit of a cult following over the past decade, I'd say. Uh, there's some special releases of it. I've always kind of heard about it. So I kind of had high expectations coming in. I uh, didn't meet those expectations, but it wasn't bad either. Um, I enjoyed it. It's PG-13, right when PG-13 was coming out. It's one of the first kind of PG-13 movies. Yeah. There's some fun stuff in here. Makeup, special effects is all a lot of fun. 
I saw it a few years ago, and it's it's a kind of forgettable. Yeah, that's kind of was my thing. Like I was entertained. I'll, I'll watch it again, but yeah. I'm not gonna rush out and buy it like the special edition stuff. What did you watch that on? Did you watch it on Shutter or something? Uh, Do you remember? I think it was on Tubi. Okay. Tubi's got a lot of shit on it. Mm-hmm. It's got Motel Hell on it, so yeah, fucking go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll have to give Night of the Comet a last resort. It's a last resort. So now we're getting to the movie challenge portion of the show. Yeah. Right? You had to watch Dr. No, so you'll talk about it briefly, give us your thoughts, and then uh, you'll challenge me to a movie. And then we'll kind of wrap up the show, and then we'll get into spoiler discussion. Even though we could pretty much just do that now, because the movie's from fucking '62. <laughs> but and everybody but Mark has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mark. <laughs> Don't be a Mark and watch Doctor No. Well, we'll find out if that's what they need <laughs> to do. All right, uh, go for it. All right, so Doctor No. Uh, yep. From '62, uh, it star. It's directed by Terrence Young. It stars Sean Connery, Ursula Andress, uh, Bernard Lee, uh, Joseph Weissman, who plays a guy who's half Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Lord, Anthony Dawson, uh, Zena Marshall, John Kitzmiller as Coral. I don't know. Shouldn't list anymore. I think that's about. That's it. good enough. That's about it. Uh, synopsis: A resourceful British government agent seeks answers in a case involving the disappearance of a colleague and the disruption of the American space program. This is a, a pretty solid movie. Oh, so I uh, kind of surprised to hear that, but not exactly. I mean, you watch. A lot of old movies. Yeah. And usually if they're solidly crafted, you seem to like them. I mean, it's not like boring. I mean, they, they it's probably one of the bigger budget movies of its time based yeah. on the production. I can tell that they, they probably spent a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the stuff they did for 1962 seemed ahead of its time, admittedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, it, there's not a lot like as far as like the quality of the film that's that's wrong with it so i mean it's it's very well made and it you know it keeps the pacing up it keeps you interested there's there's a little bit of action a little bit of drama and you know they they keep things going so uh and it's a it's a fairly interesting storyline i don't know the one thing that i that about james bond that doesn't interest me is uh just his overall demeanor, <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's, like, I don't know if he's even borderline, like, he's straight up arrogant, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and he's so nonchalant about everything, mm-hmm. like, and, and I know that's what draws people to the character, like, people like him because he's so cool and suave and, yeah. you know, he's just cool under pressure and he, he dresses really well and he's really, <laughs> you know, he's He's really good with women and all this stuff. And it's actually one of the same things that 
I didn't like about Black Panther is because he has all those same traits as like he's too cool for school and he's so calm under pressure and like nothing phases him. Mm-hmm. So like it's uh you know that's that's one of like I said, one of the things that kinda has kept me away from James Bond throughout the years. It's just like I don't know. I don't really relate to that guy, and mm-hmm. I don't really look up to to people like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't look up to arrogant people, <laughs> Mister Number One Wrestling Fan in the fucking country. <laughs> All they do is shit talk each other. UFC fan, yeah, but they're they're not like British. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, all you do is watch arrogant people every week. Yeah, not but, to say that you have posters of them and look up to them, but but, but you're highly entertained. They're not the heroes. The ones that like that <laughs> aren't the heroes. <laughs> not that's not Your a favorite very, UFC fighters aren't arrogant. That's not very ho- heroic uh, t- uh, characteristics. Yeah, and the, and the baby faces in wrestling they they talk shit. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't see the comparison. I don't. I really don't see it. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's overall, you know, for the first James Bond, I could see why people would be like super blown away. Like mm-hmm. if that's especially if that's the first one you've seen. Uh, I can imagine back in '62, like people seeing this stuff for the first time, like just you know being blown away by it. Uh, it it seems super groundbreaking. But I gotta say that James Bond character, I'm not not a huge fan still. <laughs> so I'll give it an eventually. All right. Eventually. I can sense that you're starting to turn around a little bit on it, though. You're starting to turn a corner. Well, it's you know, it, it's not that I don't think the movies would be good. It's just mm-hmm. I don't. There's not the type of movies that I would go out of my way to watch. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Uh, what are you going to challenge me to after I play the soundbite? This is a challenge. Well, so we talked about doing it to spoilers. That's right. So do you want to do a double challenge? We can do a double challenge. So it goes to it too. And then I, I uh, think I can fit it in after Crypticon this weekend. Okay. And then, so let's do this. I'll I'll lay out a, a challenge. If you can't go to it two this weekend, you can watch my challenge movie. Okay. Because I believe it's on Netflix still. And if not, or and if you can, we'll do it two next time mm-hmm. with spoilers. And then, wait. And then if you can't, we'll do my movie next time, and then vice versa if it mm-hmm. doesn't work out. That's you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I will challenge you. This movie came up. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talking about Bruce Lee lately, and then it kind of went into Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee, and then talk about how Brandon Lee died on the set of probably his most famous movie, and that's a movie that you've never seen, and it's called The Crow. Correct. From, uh, I think, 94. Uh, so Yeah, I've always wanted to watch it. So We'll do The Crow 
either next time or the time after, depending Probably on the your time schedule. After. Depending on your schedule, but yeah. So That'll be the next. I don't know if I'd allow us to record the It episode if I hadn't seen it, because we're going to talk spoilers, and if we if we couldn't talk spoilers, then it'd be a short episode. Well, what I'm saying is like we could save It for, for the next one if, if you don't see it. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, wrap it up here before we get into spoilers for Dr. No. You can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie@yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcast apps. And our merchandise is teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie. And an update, I got a response from Teespring. It says, we are happy to update the prices. Please provide the URL, the item, and the price. Perfect. Kind of. Might be running by the night then. <laughs> so I go like to see if I can figure out what the current price is looking at for European buyers. Mm-hmm. I am going to post this episode tonight and. So. Today is the 4th of September, but follow Wolfie on uh, Twitter. I, yeah, I, sh- I should be able to figure that out tonight, and then uh, who knows how long it'll take Teespring to actually update those prices. But Yeah. Um, yeah, feel free to try the promo code in the meantime, H-O-R-R-O-R. <laughs> horror. The horror. Check out our horror extravaganza design out there, too. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. It actually kind of ties in with our Motel Hell yeah. uh, episode. So, Spoilers, chainsaw fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Dr. No. Dr. No. You, you brought up, right. you know, 60s audiences are probably blown away. Well, I mean, it's not often that you see a dragon, a live ble- fire-breathing <laughs> dragon on screen. <laughs> it was just like you hear, hear quarrel and all the island people are like, there's a dragon on that island. Yeah. You know, people go there and they disappear. They don't come back. Right. And everyone's afraid of this fucking dragon. And it's like the hokiest <laughs> fucking. Well, it's like a tank with uh, like te- extra armor on it to. Yeah. Kind of in the shape of a chubby dragon, I guess, with it's painted. Well, it's got teeth painted on the front. I don't even know if it's shaped like a dragon. It's just got teeth on the front, and then it's got a flamethrower. Mm. I couldn't remember if there was almost something like a, a tail or legs on the back. I couldn't remember. I didn't notice that. I think it's because it was, uh, you know, it has a flamethrower and the teeth on the front, so they go, oh, it's a fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> <laughs> It was great too, because he's like, "Oh my god, dragon tracks!" And like, <laughs> there's like that's like truck tracks. Yeah. Like, there's a truck went through here. Dragons fly, dude. At least most of them. <laughs> they have feet. They have regular feet. I guess real dragons don't fly, like Komodo dragons and whatnot. But <laughs> mythical dragons do. Yeah, with their little wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as like I said, it was a pretty good movie. Um, Dr. No is kind of a weak-ass villain, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's probably one of the weaker villains. But he's like, I don't know. Like, him coming in, the 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 fake hand things seem kind of, like, I didn't 
get to the, that part. Like, what the fuck? Why are his hands like that? Because uh, they talked about it was, what, he was disfigured from a, some sort of a radioactive accident. Yeah. I think he was experimenting with something radioactive and it basically melted his hands or something. But, like, as a storytelling point, why why does he... I, I get it, but at the end it came back and caused mm. his death. Because <laughs> suddenly his, his like... Uh, you know, he can crush that whatever metal thing at the table, mm-hmm. but he can't grab a bar to <laughs> pull himself up. No friction. I guess he didn't uh, He didn't get a good uh, angle on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, him just coming in and uh, like, oh, I thought I'd tell you everything that I'm doing because I don't think you're going to tell anybody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're introduced to some of the formula for James Bond, although it didn't really hit its stride until Goldfinger. But they start laying some of the pieces in, into place. That's funny. I wonder, not that I'm encouraging you to challenge me to more of these, <laughs> but I wonder if the old ones will be more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And then once they start getting to the hokey uh gadgets and shit like that i wonder if i'll tune out at that point yeah but i mean they start getting into more gadgets pretty quick in thunderball the fourth one it opens with him he has a like a rocket pack okay in the beginning he's just it's shot hilariously because <laughs> obviously they didn't have anything like that yeah um looks really fake but um i don't know some of them that's the weird that's the fun thing about bond is I'll, okay, Die Another Day is, in my opinion, the worst one, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to even like watch it, but there's other Bond movies that are bad, and I enjoy the hell out of them. Yeah. Like the campiness, the uh, the cheesiness, it, it could be a lot of fun, especially when there's a lot of over-the-top shit in there. I, I got to say, I did enjoy Bond being emasculated by his boss about, <laughs> about his Beretta. <laughs> 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 that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was like taking him down a notch, you know. That's a good gun for a lady's handbag. <laughs> if there's more of that in there, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll give him a little more slack cuz uh otherwise it's just, you know, all the super macho shit. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, um obviously in the Craig ones They've toned that down a bit. Mm-hmm. He's still pretty macho and suave and yeah. gets the women, but uh, especially starting in the 90s, Pierce Brosnan's first Bond film, Goldeneye, in 95, that was the first film where Judy Dench plays M. Okay. So she's M for you know all of Pierce Brosnan's and a bunch of uh, Daniel Craig Bond films. First thing she says to Pierce Brosnan, basically, is she brings him into the office, you know, and he's walking in there, and one of the other agents or people that works there is, I hear the new M's a woman, you know, because M is a title. It's not somebody's oh, okay. name, and M is always the one giving them the cases and whatnot. So that was the first time M was a woman, and he walks in there, and they're exchanging pleasantries, and mm-hmm. she's Dame Judy Dench for a reason. You know, <laughs> she, she tells him straight up, I think you're a... Uh, a misogynistic dinosaur, a relic of the Cold War. Yeah. You know, somebody that's not needed anymore. 
and uh bars what's that bars bars you just, you just rhymed like four wines in a row oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right you'll hear, you'll hear it when you play it back yep i'm sure i will dinosaur cold war don't need you anymore <laughs> uh so she kind of keeps him in check starting in uh, with Goldeneye. I got to say James Bond seems a little like the franchise seems a little below Judy Dench. But maybe uh, I have a, a skewed opinion of her cuz I don't think I've seen her or anything. Oh yeah. She seems like somebody that would just do more prestigious stuff. Oh, I mean, in the UK this is very prestigious. I mean, they have a huge fucking well, announcement don't. every time the new Bond is announced. I guess they have to have something. Yeah, it's like a big deal for them. Another reason I think they get it uh, before the U.S. does when it's released. Unless you're Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Maybe if it was a musical. <laughs> yeah, the second Bond film from Russia with Love, a lot of people consider that actually to be the best one. And then some people also consider Goldfinger to be the best one. There's a uh, Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. A lot of people consider that one or Spy mm. Love Me with Roger Moore. But you'll start to really catch a lot of the, the formula over the next one or two okay. guess, movies. Goldfinger, it's really it's like this is the formula. This is what it's going to be for the rest of the fucking series. That type of a thing. But um yeah, also the the benefit of watching these early ones is Austin Powers movies get a lot funnier. Yeah, I noticed a lot of the stuff that they, they pulled just out of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, like, Dr. No and uh, Dr. Evil were basically the same get-up. Yeah, uh, although... Which is a very stereoty- stereotypical Chinese outfit for the time. Mm-hmm. But also... Played by a white man. Yeah. You're right. They were wearing a very similar, uh, I guess, top, if you want to call it that. Like, I don't know what you call that. It's not a shirt. It's I don't not know a the suit. official. It's not I don't a jacket. Know. They they appropriated it from yeah. the Chinese. But uh, I guess he's more closely mirrored after Donald Pleasance and He Only Lived Twice. Okay. But he's also wearing, like, the same thing, basically. Mm-hmm. it's a, He's wearing more of a gray one that Dr. Evil wears. Yeah. Uh, and he has the cat. He has a fluffy cat. I gotta say, Spectre is the dumbest fucking. Oh yeah, it's one of the dumbest acronyms ever. I don't like that insolent tone. What was it? Special executive, executive uh, counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? And he just straight up tells him about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> You know, since I trust you so much to just, you know, join my side and not tell anybody about me, here's who I'm working for. I'm sorry he didn't just name off all the dudes that he was working with <laughs> and where they're located. Yep. He was Blofeld as the head of Spectre. And so Don Pleasance is Blofeld. Uh, Terry Savalas plays Blofeld and Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And uh, God, was the other Did guy? Did you say Terry? said Telly. Oh, at least said Terry. Oh, Telly Savalas, right? Tully Savalas. Yeah. And then, uh, is it Charles Knight, maybe? Diamonds Are Forever? 
I don't know. Don't ask me. Yeah, another thing to note about Di- uh, Dr. No is there is no opening song. There is, but it's just the Bond theme song. Yeah. So from here on, from Russia with Love and afterwards, there's always a, a song. I mean, that's another thing. The, the theme song, it's so, you know, ubiquitous now. But uh, back then, you know, that had to be pretty cutting edge to have that surf rock theme on there mm-hmm. for yep. James Bond. <laughs> and you could tell that they weren't even sure when they were going to play it or when they should play it. Yeah. During Doctor No, because like one, I think one time he's walking in an airport or a hotel, and it's just like, it's like what? He's just fucking walking. And I wonder if they meant that to be like the the theme throughout the series, or if they just wrote that because he's going to Jamaica, and they're like, we need something that's really surfy and beachy, and and then they're like, oh shit, everybody thinks that's the theme song. I guess we got to use that as the theme <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, because now it's always still at least used once per film. Yeah. When he's performing some stunt or something funny or cool happens, you know. But, uh, yeah, um, there wasn't like a, a henchman really in this one. It starts to be a a thing with henchmen. Oh, uh, Charles Gray played Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. Kind of the first big... Henchman isn't from Russia with Love, and you would actually get a kick out of who it is because it's Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. He plays uh, Grant. I think it's Red Grant. But he started watching those first few, and Austin Powers makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Uh, all the way through Thunderball, and then in Honor Majesty's, Majesty's uh, Secret Service. Came out in 69, Summer of Love. Yeah. So there is, he literally does wear like a blue velvet suit with like a, what do you call that? A crushed, uh, what do you call that blouse that he wears? Austin Powers wears. The puffy shirt. Yeah, the puff. Yeah, (laughs) basically (laughs) the Seinfeld puffy shirt. Bond actually wears that in a movie. (laughs) 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 It's not that, like you watch Austin Powers, like, God, this is so ridiculous. And then you watch it and you're like, well, like, I guess there was one where he did wear that in a scene. <laughs> Didn't he go on to be killed by Gene Simmons? He did. George Lazenby, he did. <laughs> by a uh, transvestite. Uh, what was his name in there? Uh, Ragnarok or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> he stole, Lazenby stole his computer floppy disks that controlled the poisoning of the water supply or <laughs> this is never too young to die is what we're talking about mm-hmm. featuring john stamos in the starring <laughs> role plays the son of a secret agent played by george lazenby and it was clearly the first of a series that never took off <laughs> yeah on a level of one to ten how rapey was bond and dr no because it gets worse uh he wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Probably in the middle somewhere, like a five, maybe a six. Yeah, the next few, it cranks up to about a ten. Like, the worst <laughs> he is is uh, with his secretary, mm-hmm. and then with uh, the secretary for the dude that he was investigating the, the death of. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the uh, the Secretary Money Penny, very famous Bond character, of course, and uh, that's like their relationship. The entire series, it's always a lot of tension because they yeah. never they never seal the deal. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he he brushed his hand through her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the earlier ones, you know, you could tell Money Penny really has a thing for Bond. Yeah. And she would just love to just go out to dinner with him, you know? <laughs> and Bond is like, you know, maybe if I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe he just does, doesn't want to mix work with pleasure unless it's in the field. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and uh, speaking of appropriating and having an just a. Uh, Got it. That was just an English dude that played a half Chinese man, right? Yeah, he was a half German, half Chinese character, which I guess, you know, gives him a little leeway to to put a more European looking dude in there. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and you only live twice. Uh, Their accents are shit too. <laughs> yeah, like the Chinese accents. Sean Connery basically has to go undercover in Japan, and so they perform a surgery on him to make him Japanese. <laughs> I had to go back. Cause so I'm, he's the only 6'2 Japanese guy walking around. <laughs> they kept they kept saying the island was inhabited inhabited by a bunch of Japanese or uh, Chinese people or a Chinese gentleman. And I thought for a second that he said he was half German, half Japanese. Mm. And uh, he says Chinese, though, because I thought it would be like them in 1962 to make a half German, half Japanese guy and then call him Chinese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That car chase scene, I think that was uh, that was something else. Yeah, they use reprojection for about the next decade or so. Well, it's weird that they they had to keep cutting in to do the close-ups of him. It's like, do you really need that many close-ups of him during the, the shoot? Mm-hmm. He's the star. I guess. Maybe cut that scene a little bit. <laughs> do all rear projection or none. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of jarring. Yeah. That was... One of the earlier car chases, you know, and it, I mean, it was pr- probably very impressive for the time, yeah. the way it was shot and what they did with it, but obviously it grows exponentially every film. Because when they cut to the close-ups, like the car chasing him gets way bigger mm-hmm. than what it is on the the, the far shots where you can actually see the, the real cars driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, how about Ursula Andress, huh? Yeah. That was uh, pretty impressive coming up with them seashells. <laughs> she had seashells? <laughs> she sells seashells by the seashore. If she was selling them for big money. 50 bucks for a found In seashell? In the 60s? She was going to Miami to sell them. Like, does Miami not have seashells? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> they don't have Jamaican seashells. You probably, probably just go out to the beach to get them. But, uh, yeah, she was looking good. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts? I think we can probably just wrap it up. No, not really. I think uh, I think you uh, probably overestimate my hate of James Bond movies. It's just not some like I said, not something I'd go out of my way to watch. Not really the genre that I'm really uh, drawn to. Uh, but generally, I don't like hate the movies. Mm-hmm. Like they're good enough. I just you know. Don't go out of my way to watch them. All right. Well, we'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always...
such a dork, man. What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.